Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. We just did our second official, I guess, third episode of One Tree Hill tonight. Yeah, episodes two and episodes three. Episode two titled The Places You Have Come to Fear the Most. Episode three titled Are You True? Mm. Pretty good episodes. Yeah. Um, Pretty good episodes of TV. Housekeeping tonight. Gmail, we are at vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Instagram, vicariouslivingpodcast at instagram.com. Did you have to write that down? No. Oh. No, I'm just going through. I saw you looking at that. I figured, like, since we switched it up this time, like, you were nervous about nailing that, but I think you did. No, I would never forget our Instagram handle. (laughs) I spend a lot of time on that handle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tonight, uh, I would say 80% of tonight's podcast is going to be centered around episode two because... Uh, and 40% of it will be quality. Yeah. Yeah. The other 60 is going to be touch and go, but I can promise you 40% of this podcast will be entertaining. Yep. I agree. I like that split. I mean, I think if we're if we're getting laughs 40% of the time, that's a massive win. Yeah. So, um, okay. So this episode two starts off... It's Lucas's first game for the squad. If you remember on our pilot episode, we... Real quick, by the way, you kind of um, brought this to my attention. The last episode we watched was the pilot, and I hadn't really thought of this, but you were talking a lot about how different the pilot is than the rest oh, of the yeah. shows, and like talking about how far away the pilot happens, and then like trying to sell the show in that whole process. I feel like episode two came out of the gate super hot. And, like, super good. It was a great episode. And I feel like it's just, like, you can kind of think of the pilot almost as, like, the rehearsal. Almost. Yeah. They still haven't have anything figured out. I think you even mentioned their hair. Haircuts are a little different now. Yeah. Think, Haircuts are yeah. different. Like, things that we found extremely frustrating with episode one were, I will say, only partially explained. But, like, they definitely put in some effort to explain them. Yeah. It, it's... I think it's a good, like, litmus test in that pilot of, like, not only is it's two-pronged, not only is this to, to sell it to the network, but it's also, like, we get a real good idea from, like, focus groups and from people watching it that's, like, what does test for shit and what doesn't. And so, um, yeah, I think some of the storylines that you see in the pilot, they just drop off right. and you never hear from them again. I definitely think having a strong episode two is, like is a good sign oh yeah i mean of of a show having legs they they probably realized at the end of episode one like okay peyton needs a friend yeah (laughs) yeah she's just hanging out here yeah shit boyfriend doesn't really like school or isn't involved in anything like she's just kind of sad and lonesome right so i I think it made all the sense in the world to bring bring brooke into the picture we're gonna get into her in just a second 
But anyways, let's let's just jump into this this crazy episode episode two because I, I you're spot on. It is like a fire fucking episode. The pilot now. is like a rough draft, yeah. and then this is just like all right, we're ready. Yeah, I, I honestly I didn't think episode three was that great, but this episode two was like one of my favorite episodes I've ever they seen. They clearly put most of the effort. <laughs> yeah, on the first one, but. They shot their wad in episode two and were really in their fucking refractory period in episode three, it seems like. (laughs) Okay, so episode two starts off Lucas's first game. Dude, everyone's in his head. Yeah. Plays like shit. He's, He's missing like every single jumper and he's got like Dan, who's the most evil guy in the world, is like saying shit to him from the stands to get in his head like... Hey, good luck out there tonight, son. Like, just to fuck... Clearly, he's not his dad, but he's doing it to fuck with him. Yeah. Um, But honestly, there was... I just noticed a lot of fashion in this first game. A lot of ball fashion? A lot of 2003, what was cool, um, b-ball-wise, and just, like, for cool jocks to wear-wise. Um, Nathan. So the classic look that we're getting from Nathan for being the uh, the hot basketball star is Letterman jacket. Of course. Big, baggy Letterman jacket. Do you think that's ever, like, if a sh- I guess if a show comes out now, do they still have the jock wear the Letterman jacket? Does that never go out of style? Because like, it's clearly not a real thing in real life, unless it's, I'm mistaken. Well... In our high school, no one had... I mean, there you could buy them, and there were some people that had them, but no one ever wore them, ever. Right. But yeah, in every single like 80s, 90s teen movie or TV show... But you would have thought that One Tree Hill was far enough into the future that they would have just not made that a trope. Yeah, I mean, I would love for some of the fucking kids... Kids, get at us, um, because I would like to know if that's a public school thing versus private school. That could be the case. Like, do public school kids, because it is like a beacon for the ladies, (laughs) I guess. Well, in in these shows, it makes it seem like you have to be a jock to wear a Letterman jacket, but in all reality, all you have to do is, like, order a Letterman jacket and pay $150 for it and buy it out of a catalog. And yeah. Anyways, yeah, Nathan's got the Leatherman jacket on. Yeah, he's got the Leatherman jacket on. He's got the baggy jeans, classic 03 look. Um, fucking Timberlands. Yeah. You're not cool in Tree Hill, North Carolina, unless you've got the Timberlands fucking featured in every single outfit that you wear. Jeans and Timberlands was a cool look. I never owned them, but... Yeah, I never owned a pair of Timberlands either. Um, other things... You were mentioning this, the headphones with the CD player. Oh, yeah. Backwards headphones. The ones where it was like two little discs on your ears and then they went back and down. Yeah. It's so wild that CDs were ever a thing. Yeah. You know, like it's just weird because like records are like still cool to have and they're like vintage, but like eight tracks, cassette players and CDs just will never come back. It's just been completely gone away and they don't even have like a cool vintage feel to them they will just be gone forever it's just insane to imagine like half of the cds i own were just they would just skip they're all scratched up they would skip you couldn't do you couldn't um you could have a walkman i guess but 
You had to have like 15 second skip protection. Yeah. <laughs> you well, couldn't just, do anything with it. It was just so weird to think about. Like y- y- you would always have like your book, your book of CDs. Cause you would never put all the CDs with the cases. You couldn't like travel with those. So like in your car, you know, with always those sun on the sun visor, you oh, could yeah. get like 10 CDs up there. Those were the good CDs went. Yeah. And then you yeah. had the case, which would go in like the, behind yeah. the passenger seat in the back. Like on the ground, that's where you put. Or the in case. the in the uh, center console, yeah. You just put like your thirty of shitty CDs in there, where it's like, who knows when I'll want to get into that Bone Thugs? Yeah. You know, who knows? <laughs> I don't bad. know. I don't want to get. I don't want to take it out of the car, but it's not going to be in my top ten list. By the way, I don't. know. That might have just been a random example, but no, that's a great. Yeah, had me thinking. East ninety nine Eternal by the Bone Thugs. Yeah. Kids, Kids, if you haven't listened to that CD, do yourself a favor. Get on your Spotify's. Mm. Look it up. Yeah, I shouldn't have said the whole thing's awesome. Because Bone, awesome. Bone Thugs would have been totally in the the top ten that goes on the visor. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like in my in my case is like maybe your Blessed Union of Souls. She likes me for me, not because I hang with Leonardo or that guy who played in Fargo. I think his name is Steve. She's the one. Like that kind of stuff. Like maybe like a a burned or live. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, something like that. Because yeah, you you have the the top like crazy game of poker. Yeah, or would actually be in there because it has like one or two songs that you really like, but the whole CD isn't great, so you wouldn't put it on the visor because it's like, yeah, I just I only go into the glove box yeah, for the one like or that. two that they got. A couple of like you would have like maybe now like nine through 10 from like way back when you were getting now CDs, but you didn't want to throw them away. So they just go in the case. I think now is on like now 1,562 at least somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So the other thing I want to just say about Nathan, um, and I know we talked about this before, he is legit good, dude. I've been, I've been like watching him like a fucking hawk. Because I, they, I do this whenever they try and make it seem like someone's really good at basketball. I watch them for like that little moment where I can just go, yeah, this kid's garbage. This actor who's playing him is garbage. And for Lucas, it's obvious, you know, you find it in the first five seconds. If you have a pulse, you know he sucks dick. But with Nathan, um, I think he's just good. Like, I've been watching yeah. it so close in all these episodes and he is he like is very good there's a moment when they're doing layup lines and he goes up for a dunk and just crams it in mm-hmm. and i we both talked about we're pretty sure they're on nine foot hoops i'm almost positive they're on but nine. still his dunk was so smooth and fluid that it was just like that that was athletic yeah again that's that's the key is like how casual do you look when you're playing sports on tv because that is the goal and yeah you can tell when nathan's in the layup lines there was always a cool way to like lay it in when you're dunking in like warmups, and obviously I know this because I was always dunking in warmups. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the key <laughs> <You> show off. <laughs> I know, that's me. That's me. The key though, when anyone that could dunk did in warmups, was you would just kind of like you would go up and then lay it in soft. Yeah. Like you would make it clear that you could get up above the yeah. rim, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah. like hang you would, on the rim. Yeah, you would in just kind of. It's up like a and, and down. It's like a. Yeah, I'm doing it right here. You can't visually see it, but it's like a you just like toss it in from above the rim softly. Nathan did it, dude. And I was just like, this guy gets it. 
guy probably played high school ball. Yeah. And as we talked about, that's probably why he got cast. His basketball skills. Yes, because it's not his acting. And we, we <laughs> double-checked with Anna from HR, and he's definitely not a hot guy. No. Yeah, that's confirmed. Not hot guy. Um, last thing I want to say about this first b-ball scene is, um, cl- uh, in terms of the fashion, classic what was, I just remember doing this, the snaps. Yeah, dude. You, you snap the, when you were warming up in basketball, you would snap the top couple and then the bottom couple. Just let them And let then them you flow. would leave them open. Let them flow. Oh, dude. I remember. Vent, uh, vent the legs, man. It Phantom. was such, I, I got that from like watching KG because anytime I would go to a game. Who, that guy? That guy who's all over the room. Um, anytime I would go to a game, it, it always looked so fucking cool. The baggy snaps and then you could just see like his shorts and his legs because on the sides of him because he had them all unsnapped and uh, such a cool fucking look. But never undo that bottom button. Because now you just look like a fucking idiot. Now you have um, chaps. Mm-hmm. Fanning out at the bottom. Bell bottom style. Looking like a dumbass. Where did you where did you wear your wristband? Did you wear a wristband? I had a stint with wearing a wristband. And obviously I just wore it. Like right. right like you see in that picture. I wore it oh, like, like right here. Elbow? Like Donnie style. Yeah, but again, I was. uh, That's where Lucas wears his. Yeah, I mean, I I was playing basketball. I wasn't like hanging out with my friends on Friday night wearing it. Well, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not giving you heat. I was just curious. No, I I honestly basketball is the one acceptable place where you can wear a wristband. I didn't. I didn't do it much. I did it like one season. I wore a wristband, and then I kind of shied. I didn't really wear it much. I'm more of like I got stuff on my legs usually. Like like right now when I play, I wear those leggings compression leggings i see are people doing that now just pick up yeah interesting dude all the nba guys i feel like i'd be so much better if i had those on i just i feel like sleek i feel more athletic if i had them on i tell people that it keeps my legs warm so i wear them to like keep my legs warm but honestly there is nothing to back that statement up right i literally only wear them because they look cool i imagine so Um, steph curry wears them so (laughs) Well, I think you know most, of the guy, most of the NBA guys wear. Yeah. Except for like Clay Thompson. I'm pretty sure he just wears nothing. Yeah. It's a rare thing to just see guys wear nothing these days. It doesn't Never. look good aesthetically, but I respect it. I'm like. It's a throwback now. Now, if yeah, you don't like wear Clay the... Thompson doesn't like look cool just standing there, but no. he does look cool because I respect the fact that he doesn't have gear. He don't. Yeah, we we should it. talk about this though because this has been a long held belief of ours that, and this is a massive side tangent. But while we're on gear, yeah, if you look at any athlete when they are a rookie, and this is for all sports, you can tell they're a rookie solely because of the lack of gear. Yep, and facial hair. Mm-hmm. But. As you've been in the league longer, there's only you don't really look that much different because anyone who plays a professional sport is usually in their like twenties, early thirties. You're, you're always looking young, but the difference as you age throughout your career is just simply you get more gear, and you get more cool facial hair and tats and tats, and that's essentially it. But if you look at like look at Tom Brady when he was a rookie versus now, it's night and day. Yeah, he's all geared up. Look at Kevin Durant. 
Kevin Durant, when he was a rookie, looked like a fucking virgin idiot. You know, like no facial hair, clean shaven, and he was just skinny and wiry and, and no gear. And now he's got like, he's riddled with gear. So much gear. Yeah. Um, okay. So last thing I want to say basketball wise, and then we'll move on to the actual plot of episode two. Fun fact about this. Uh, I saw this when I was doing some research for tonight's episode. The gym that the Tree Hill Ravens play basketball in. Same gym that Michael Jordan played high school ball at. Damn. Laney High. Damn, that's a nice fact. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty good nugget. Yeah. Dude, the, the uh, North Carolina fun facts are just like, there's a plethora of them in this show. That's nice. I'm not going to blow them all right now. That's a good attention to detail. Speaking of Michael Jordan, I... Uh, we did get the the line that I feel like I've heard at least 10,000 times in my life about how Michael Jordan didn't make his high school varsity team. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. God. If I had a nickel for every time I've heard that, I'd have at least 37 cents. I'd be so happy five. to go the rest of my life without hearing that again, but it's not possible. Mm-mm. You gotta shake it off. What if I can't do it, Keith? Maybe I can't play at this level. You can. Well, maybe not. Even Jordan got cut from his high school varsity team, and he did okay. It's like, did you know? Hey, did you know? Michael it's Jordan. such an easy hey, fucking Michael out. Jordan didn't make his high school team. Did you know that? <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where, like, if anyone ever fails in life, and they're feeling like shit, they get to go, hey, dude, hey. MJ, dude. Yeah, man. Hey, I don't care. Yeah, I got fired, but guess what? <laughs> MJ got fired from his high school basketball team, so... <laughs> If he can get fired and become the greatest basketball player to ever live, I'm sure I can get another job <laughs> in accounting. Listen, I might not be able to put uh, any food on the, the table for my family for the next six or so months because I'm jobless, but, you know, MJ. Hey, make his guess what? Michael Jordan wasn't putting food on the table when he was 16 and a half and got cut Look, for like seven months. He's doing fine. He's a billionaire. Um. And one more note, while because this happens during the basketball game, I just wanted to to bring it up. We you mentioned this at the top, but we meet Brooke mm. this episode. Mm. Uh, who plays Brooke? Sophia Bush. Sophia Bush. God damn, she is fucking smoking hot. Big fans, both big fans. Two podcasters sitting here in this podcast studio are big fans. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I wanted to bring this up because she is. Peyton's friend, and they're both cheerleaders. They're standing courtside, kind of watching warm-ups. And Brooke, I think her line is, she's talking about Lucas, and she's like, Show oh. up. Should we play a clip? Yeah, put it in. Here it is. So that's the boy that beat Nathan? Oh, he's got from behind. And so, like, that line is Horny. just... Horny. Oh, yeah. She, she, <laughs> she's a fucking tornado of horniness. <laughs> What we find out later is that it's mostly contingent on whether he has a good game or not. Yeah. But anyways, I just thought this was like classic teen drama. Mm. The friend, well, I should say the friend has to be the one to make the first outward recognition that a guy is hot or like that she's interested in him. Oh, that's a good And then the main character girl is like, oh, didn't think about it that way. Or it's like, until the friend says that out loud, it's like it's her own little secret and it's in her head. Yeah. And then somebody else says it out loud, and it's like, fuck, now yeah. I guess I gotta face this because my friend's gonna go for him. So, like, I. That's so classic. I mean, 
it's it's they did it in the OC too. We were talking about this when we were watching. Oh, yeah. Summer was so boned up for Ryan. If you go back and look at the beginning of the OC and the beginning of One Tree Hill, it is literally the exact same of how they portray Summer Roberts and Brooke, whatever her last name is in One Tree yeah. Hill. I mean, why invent a new formula if there's one that works hey, so well? It ain't broke. We don't need it to be fixed. Nope. It's, but it's it's awesome because you're spot on. That is so what they do. Like, Marissa was kind of into Ryan, but it's like, whoa, other side of the tracks. I clearly, I shouldn't be feeling this way, so guess what? I'm going to bury it. Yep. I'm going to bury it real deep, mm-hmm. and I will not tell anyone about this, and I will just be really pissed and angry towards this guy all the time. Yeah. For some unknown reason. She, Peyton's doing the same thing with fucking Lucas, and then, yeah, as soon as Brooke says it, it's like whoa yeah now i'm also looking at lucas's ass yeah so i guess a tip for the kids if you want a girl to like you you just got to make sure that all the other girls like you Mm. so good luck good luck ladies lady kids Um, that's a good luck for the guys oh (laughs) (laughs) good luck with that hey you don't know that we could have some lady listeners who are into other ladies that's true. Why are you ruling that out, dude? It's Sorry. 2019. Ladies, if you want another lady, make sure all the other ladies want you. <laughs> See? That applies. Um, Base is covered. So just back to Brooke, though, um, because I, I, I would just be so heartbroken if we did not spend a little time on her in her introductory episode because she becomes a massive member of this OTH cast. Dude her raspy voice can we both say and i am using no hyperbole in this statement that she has the sexiest voice of all time and we better look up that while you're thinking on that we better look up the definition of hyperbole because i am only like 37 percent sure what it stands for should we take a guess and look it up right now live yeah i'm kind of thinking hyperbole in my head it meant like it's not an exaggeration. I'm not using it like a hot take exaggeration here. I think I think you're right. Like, I think it's like when you say, "This is the greatest burrito I've ever had." It's like you've had ten thousand burritos. How okay, could you possibly know? Well, I'll look it up. Yeah, let's look. It up. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Live definition. Look up. So if I say. While you're looking that up, if I say I am using no hyperbole when I make this statement that she has the sexiest voice of all time, I am saying she actually has the sexiest female voice that's ever come out of a female body in history. We nailed it. Exaggerated statements or claims not meant to be taken. Yes! Literally. Yes! Yeah. God, I'm always wrong on words, so I am glad that I got that right. So you're saying that... If you did a full-on sexiest voice competition with every single human being in the world, she would win. Females. Female. Obviously, for doing dudes, it's going to be that guy from... Um, Nicolas Cage? Well, he's up there, but uh, I'd mostly say the guy from A Star is Born. That guy with like the, the brother. Bradley Cooper? Sam Elliott. Oh, Sam Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm totally saying Brooke, dude. Sexiest voice of all time. Like... What do raspy voices do to you on the ladies? Because to me, I am just being hit. I, I like, I, I am, 
it's so hard for me watching these One Tree Hill episodes because honestly, when I watch Friday Night Lights, I'm only attracted to Julie Taylor. When we watch The O.C., I'm really only attracted to like Summer, not Marissa. I don't know. I, and Olivia Wilde. It's but gotta like be in like... This, it's like, every time Peyton comes on the screen and I see her curly hair, I lose my shit. Anytime Brooke comes on the screen and I hear her raspy voice, I can't contain it. It's like her voice, her raspy voice is like a nice, um, I guess, rough grit sandpaper, you know? Like oh, nice yeah. raspy sandpaper, and you're like a pretty rough hewn timber. And she is just grazing that sandpaper. Oh, yeah. Up and down that timber until it's nice and smooth. <laughs> so in, this, in this analogy, I'm just, I'm being like sandpapered to death with her voice. Until no, you're, be sanded, you're sanded until you're smooth. <laughs> and ready to be uh, whittled, you know? Yeah. All metaphors aside. All metaphors aside. I think I got lost in that one. All, all metaphors and hyperbole aside, fucking Brooke's voice is magic on a stick, and I fucking love it. I love it so much. Um, okay, let's put a clip in here. I want to get back to Peyton and Lucas, um, because honestly, dude, the sexual tension is just, it's outrageous between yeah. these two. I mean, fuck is it outrageous. So let's put a clip in here. This is um, a little gameplay that we were watching from Peyton on Lucas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to put some clips in on how she is interacting with him so you can get a feel for for how she's uh, working the shit out of him. Here it is. Do you want to come in? What about Nathan? What about him? Just said. I didn't invite you to come in. I just asked if you wanted to. Thanks for the ride. Classic goof. That's a classic own, dude. I mean, can we say Peyton like is just one of the greatest game players of all time in yeah. terms of like getting a guy into her? Mm -hmm. She's smoking him. <laughs> and it makes sense she's doing laps around him yeah yeah she's just fucking lapping him um i i just it blew my mind in that it, i it's one of those moments where it's like there's no possible way for lucas to think anything else when she says do you want to come inside <laughs> other than she's inviting you in yeah and then she does that switcheroo and then you're just like oh i guess fuck me fuck me i'm the biggest <laughs> idiot in the world <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like Peyton clearly invited him in, so I don't blame Lucas. But yeah, just ownership, dude. She's got him on a string. I wish, uh, I wish there was actually less scenes with Peyton and Nathan, because yeah. she's like she's always trying to like make out with him, and he's always like un he's such a wet blanket personality wise that yeah. it makes her seem less. I, and maybe it's a necessary thing. Well, I don't, yeah, because I, I don't get it because she's so in control and hot when mm -hmm. she's with lucas but with nathan he's just like i guess he's the one in control dude yeah and it, it i guess it must be that he's just look dude whoever cares less yeah in the relationship <laughs> yeah i guess I, I walked right into that one yes yeah 
I'll just Classic say it. example. I'll just say it because I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod. Whoever cares less in a relationship is the one who holds all the power. Dude, this is a classic, classic time to put in a clip. I know we've put a million clips in from this movie. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. It's fucking Matthew McConaughey. We're going to put in a clip because, honestly, I learned that advice from this clip in that movie. Here it is. And you let her know you're here to play. What? Jenny said she doesn't like games. Uh, forget about that broad. But I thought all this was to get her back. That's why you gotta forget about her. It's your feelings for her that are killing your game. If there's one thing that you learn tonight, it's this. The power of a relationship lies with whoever cares less. Amen to that, brother. It's so true. I mean... It's the guy who says that in that movie is his like weird uncle and he's like actually crazy as fuck. And the, the whole premise of the movie is that he finds out that his insane, crazy uncle is crazy as and insane. Um, but I got to say that line is totally fucking true. And in this one tree hill, Nathan cares less than her. So he just completely owns that relationship. I would add the caveat that that probably only holds true in not ideal relationships, but it does hold true. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't hold... It's not like where you want to be. No. In terms and of, like, a life partner or something. Yeah, it's not like... In a competition to see who cares less. Right. It, yeah, because it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> but And it's not like, you know, in a, a successful marriage or whatever, um, that it works if, like, it's a competition between the two people and who can give less <laughs> of a fuck about the other person. All that said... When we're analyzing the fucking teens, though. Oh, for teens, dude, it plays. Oh my god, does it play. Whoever cares like kids, we'll just tell the kids. Do less. Do less, kids. God. Fuck, our do less totally works for that. Shit, I almost just ended the podcast on accident. <laughs> yeah, dude, don't end the pod. We still Ooh, have, we're literally like five minutes into the first episode, <laughs> too. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, okay, let's not move on. I just, one one more thing about Peyton that I just remembered. What is the point of her webcam? Dude, I have it written down, can we talk about Peyton's webcam? I, so, yeah, let's talk about it. I, it's, all I keep thinking is like, how disappointed and pissed is every 17 and a half year old kid who gets online, like pulls up her webcam and just keeps hoping to God she fucking takes off one article of clothing <laughs> and she just never does. I, well, uh, did people do this? Because seemingly so for those Explain of you who haven't, what she does. So yeah, for those of you who haven't seen the show, she hangs out in her room, like listens to music and just draws and does art and that kind of stuff. Basically, fully clothed. Fully clothed. Brutes. She just broods in front of her computer. But she has her webcam pointed at her. And it's always on and live. And it's like, yeah, live on like a website where there's probably tons of viruses. Yeah. Did people do that? Like, is that a thing? I don't know. I feel like that's like, (laughs) if you want to have a serial killer stalk you down, where that would be how you do it. Well, maybe we zag here and say maybe she was ahead of her time because can we say that it's kind of like Facebook Live or Instagram Live nowadays? Yeah. She's trying to get her social media presence out. Yeah. Before social media was a thing. She's uh, trolling for Either lives. way, I just like, it's so confusing to me because it's not like 
it's not like she's chatting with anybody or it has not been involved in the plot yet. It's just when she gets down on her computer, there's a webcam on her. It's like at work, do you ever do like conference calls where people ask to get the webcams on? Oh my God, dude. The worst. It's the, the worst. fucking worst. <laughs> so I have to do those um, once a month. We have a team call and my whole team is remote. So once a month, every we do a video chat with just our team members and I always have like a sticky note, like um, one of those uh-huh. uh, sticky notes up yeah. on my camera so that I'm always just like worried someone's going to like see like, and I just don't want that on my work computer. But I have to take it down once a month and like actually like show my face and it fucking sucks. <laughs> and, it, and it's not even for like a, a weird reason that I don't want to show my face on a work call. It's mostly because like a lot of times I'm on the phone, you I walk around or, uh, like my dog always starts barking for whatever reason, whenever I'm on the phone, I like to, and then I like, will get up and go let him out. And so I just don't like showing my face because it forces you to just sit and you know, everyone's looking at you and you just got to stare at your computer screen. And another big thing I love to do on calls is when someone says something stupid, I like to put my phone on mute and I like to verbally say out loud how fucking dumb that was. Mm-hmm. That's a dangerous game. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I know. It's dangerous. But um, anyway, so back to Peyton with this webcam. Regardless if she was ahead of her time or not with Facebook Live and all that stuff, all I kept thinking about when I was watching that was how pissed I would be if I was on the other end of that webcam. Just like, look, lady, are you going to maybe unbutton one button? Just one? Maybe one nip? <laughs> like, yeah. What, can we get something She's here? She's just going to keep drawing, man. I mean, what the fuck? Like, how about something? I'm going to sit here all night and watch you. Like, maybe I just get, like, Dude, one. that would, if, this, it's probably a good thing, because that would have literally, knowing your personality, driven you insane. Oh, my God. I knowing watched. your personality and knowing how in the Peyton you are, you would not have, you wouldn't have gotten anything done. Not, you would have just stared at it. And keep in mind, this is the, how I got obsessed with Big Brother was yeah. essentially this exact thing. I was going to bring that up. Except in the first five minutes of us watching the live feeds on TV Land um, when we were in Los Angeles, and it was on every night at like midnight, in the first five minutes, this girl just showed Nip. Yeah. On the live feeds, her Big Brother. And then ever since then, I watched every night just hoping to get another Nip. And after that, became obsessed with the show Big Brother. Because like you were... You were just what you were glued to it, hoping to see another nip, and then yeah. you just started getting sucked into the drama of the house. Yeah, and then I became a huge fan of um, that show, and then went back and watched all twenty seasons. That's how they get you. Yeah, they get you hoping for a nip, and then all of a sudden you're locked. Um, but yeah, no, th- there was another thing while we're on this um, topic about porn, kind of. There was another conversation between Haley and Lucas where they were talking about what your porn name would be. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's you take your, they did it a little different, but the one I know is you take your dog's, your first dog's name and then you take the name of the street you go, grew up on and that's your porn name. So, I was just curious, what's your porn name? I never had a dog. Should I go Well, cat? your first pet, your first pet. Oh, um, I had a gerbil named Pumpkin. Okay. And what was the second one? What the street name you grew up on. Your first like street name. Park Hill. So Pumpkin Park Hill. 
Yeah. Park Hill's not a good porn last name. Yeah, but the alliteration kind of, I like it. I had another gerbil named Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel Park, Park Hill. <laughs> not be good. <laughs> no, that one's better. It's better if you are if you actually just took out the street name and your porn name was just Steve Urkel. Let's do that. <laughs> so mine would have been um, either Tiffany Bridgestone or Tiffany South. Whoa, Tiffany South. Yeah. That's a good one. Or the the my parents had two two dogs at the same time, so it's either Tiffany South or Tawny South. Both of those are pretty strong. Yeah. I feel like if I was in an 80s porn star, Tawny South would have been a little better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, both strong. I would have crushed it, dude. Lady porn star. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Want to get a clip in here? Sure. This is um, the worst teacher of all time. Yeah. And he is essentially uh, igniting a riot Uh or a full-on just fucking brawl because of how bad of a teacher he is. Yeah, cool lesson plan, dude. Yeah, cool, cool job, guy. He, he, so he's like going through and he randomly picks on um, Peyton to describe just someone random in the classroom in one word. And it somehow this like relates to the lesson plan he's got going on. And so, uh, obviously he just picks on Lucas randomly, like describe Lucas in one word. And so then there's this clip. Peyton, describe Lucas using just one word. Choke. (laughs) Okay. Quiet, please. Thank you. Lucas, care to respond and describe Peyton? Lonely. Okay, quiet, please. Yes, Nathan. I can describe Lucas in one word. Bastard. All right, all right, all right, all right. Knock it off! Knock it off! Peyton what calls says to Lucas, choke, Burn City. Yeah. Lucas says to Peyton, lonely, Burn City times two. And then Nathan jumps in on Lucas and just calls him a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I just, anytime I hear the public humiliation of Lucas for just being a, a, you know, a bastard. I'm surprised they didn't start like throwing cabbage and tomatoes at him, like (laughs) medieval time style. Just keep going back to Megan's comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so true. I, I It doesn't... It's the number one thing that does not translate to 2019. Is, is how ostracized this kid is. Because he, he, he does... His hey, dad, this guy doesn't have a dad! <laughs> hey! Get him! Get him! Get him! He doesn't have a kid! Or dad! Get him! By the way, the... Um, his lonely comeback was unreal. He's, oh my god! He slammed Peyton super hard, whilst simultaneously slamming her relationship deep in the wedge. Mm-hmm. Yep. With Nathan, and it was it was nice. So so like I don't even on. think Nathan like I guess Nathan did come over the top with bastard, but like still <laughs> the damage was done. Yeah, it, it was like, I mean, you go back to Peyton's 
and it was that first dig. It was like, hey, choke. She's saying that because he choked in his first ever game. He was missing all of his shots. I'm s- still kind of unclear why she's so mean to him at every turn. I think was she honestly, mad at him? Dude, Had the art thing real, happened at this point? No, not yet. Real quick, the reason I think it's one of those just quintessential. I kind of feel like I like this guy deep down, and I feel really ashamed because I'm dating someone else. So I'm going to outwardly be a dick mm-hmm. because I don't want to fully dive into the feelings I have really that are going on, which I think I kind of like this guy. And if I do actually do that, then I got to think of myself as like a cheater on Nathan and stuff. To so, his credit, do you know who fully reads between the lines on that whole situation? Nathan? No, Lucas. Uh, he knows the game Peyton's playing. He knows he's in there. Yeah. He knows he's in her head. He's so totally that way, in her like head. when she's a dick to him or whatever, he's just like, all right, what's up? I'll play this. I'll right, let, no, I'll let it. you play this. But, let's do it. So in that clip, though, she gives that little burn. And then, yeah, you're right. Fucking double burn. Fucking double burn yeah. by Lucas on Peyton with the lonely thing because that just like really digs deep. Mm-hmm. And yes, shots fired to fucking Nathan. Shots. Cuckoosh. Um, I love this. Um, and it, it had me going on a rabbit hole thinking of the different examples of this because I have a theory developing where in Tree Hill, it's like it's a world of no repercussions. Oh. Think about any of the things that have happened in this show. Nathan steals a bus. He's still on the basketball team. Um, yeah. They start fighting in school, like literally having a fist fight in class. They're at practice later that day. No suspension, no detention. Um, they're destroying point, school. They're destroying parks. Yeah, there's a park that just gets ripped apart and trashed. No disciplinary action. None. I think Lucas skips like a whole week of practice. And the coach is like, hey, see that tip off. You're, <laughs> just, you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a single repercussion that happens to the whole entire thing. I mean, going all the way back to the beginning where Nathan's dad had a kid out of wedlock and is just able to ignore him. No, like, alimony or anything. Yeah, he's not ostracized. Like, no one looks down on him at all for just siring a child. And, and then abandoning him. Yeah, abandoning him. Nobody's like, oh my god, I can't believe Dan is this <laughs> this guy who just <laughs> no, it's true. Dude. Abandoned his kid and now is outwardly mean to him at every turn. Everybody's like looking at Lucas like it's his fault. It. I think we could blow up Megan's statement to not just like the whole Lucas thing with being a bastard, but it's like <laughs> it's the whole setup of the whole show. The whole show operates like it's nineteen six or no sixteen hundreds. Like it is kind of amazing. Fucking Tree Hill, North Carolina. Where dude. are the police? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody is getting out of control. Someone get get one of these kids an underage DUI and also like a slap on the wrist for the fucking just destruction of a national park. <laughs> um, there was an awesome scene and this is one of our favorite things. I think you pointed this out um, when Nate comes home from school. Um, later that day or his dad comes home well obviously he's in the front yard doing curls yeah and his dad walks up and he's like hey I heard you got in a fight in school then again the first question his dad asks is did you win because he's a monster yeah and then um, at a certain point during the conversation Nathan turns it around on him and he's like was it was it me he was fighting in school dad or was it you (laughs) 
And this is something you... Let's, <laughs> let's put that clip yeah, in. Let's put, put that clip in. Here it is. Dad, he's hitting on my girlfriend. What do you want me to do? Your girlfriend. Nathan, if you're going to get in a fight, get in a fight over something important. Did you get hurt? No. Okay, good. Did you? Me? Why? It wasn't swinging at me, Dad. Swinging at you. Dude, this is <laughs> this is something you famously oh. brought up when that Seth would do to his dad all the time. When his dad was like at level ten, pissed off, getting in his face, and Seth would just be like, "Whoa, Dad, listen, is this something that I did, or are you clearly working out some of your own issues?" Well, yeah, like that, has yeah. that ever flied with any dad in the history of the world? Look, I know we did this on the OC, but let's just let's just do this hypothetical. Let's play this out again. You be my dad. Oh, is this round two? Yeah. Okay. You be my dad. Come at me. You're pissed. You're pissed at me because let's see, what are you pissed at me about? I, I it's it's eleven oh five. My curfew is eleven p.m. at night, and I came home at eleven oh five. My dad likes to go to bed at ten. And he's pissed because he had to stay up another hour and five minutes. And he likes to go to bed so he can wake up early for work. So here we go. Go ahead. I just walked in the house. Hey, bud. Pretty late, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You know I have to get up early tomorrow. I'm yeah. going into work on Saturday. So I got to get up. I was just kind of worried about you. You're going to work on a Saturday? Yeah. I got to provide for the family. And um, I was just starting to get worried about you. No call? Well, all I have is this prepaid cell phone. Did you want me to use like 32 seconds of my 14 minute total plan? Your mother's worried sick. No call. You got to check in. Why is mom worried? There's no reason for her to be worried. I never get into trouble. You have a curfew for a reason, Brian. I don't like when you disobey us like this. <sighs> Dad, look. Dad, let me ask you a question. Seriously. Why don't you take a seat? <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. Sure. Dad, do you think me coming home late, five minutes past my curfew, do you think that's a me problem, Dad? Well, I was starting to no, think hold on. Was, hold, hold on, I, Dad. I, Dad, I, Dad I, hold I, on. Okay. Hold okay. on a second. No, I'll hear you out. Okay. <laughs> do you think that's a me problem, Dad? Or do you think this is a you problem? Do you think that... You're a little upset, Dad, because you're thinking back on your high school. And you're going back, and you weren't that cool in high school, Dad, like I am, with all my cool bros. And so you're going, man, I never stayed out late. I was always in like a little pussy bitch. And so now you're trying to take it out on me because you have a bunch of baggage from 20 years ago. Do you think that's what's happening, Dad? You know what? I never really thought about it, but I <laughs> I mean, I, I just think so. You're so cool. And in high school, I just, I didn't have anything. And, and now I just have to work Saturdays. And so maybe I'm just a little mad at myself, really. And I guess I'm taking it out on you. I'm, that's so, a, I'm sorry. I, that's uh, exactly what I thought. Now. Do you want to order some pizza? I'd love for you to spend your money to order me a pizza. And I'm going to go and drink a Miller Lite on the couch and watch the rest of this basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, 
never go like that. Yeah, I didn't get physically if I didn't get physically assaulted as a child, but I think if I ever took that tactic, I would have just been physically abused. Uh, it's <laughs> fucking wild, dude. Oh my god. All right. Um, while we're on parenting, should I give my MCITW this week? Sure. This one, dude, I I feel like I'm noticing a pattern now where it's so easy to give it to Dan Scott every week because he's such a clear, horrible human that I'm kind of wanting to like zag every week and not give it to him because it's just too obvious. You're making us wait. Yeah, well, I eventually I'll have to give it to him because... No amount of me trying to find. I, I, you could. I would actually be an accomplishment if you made it the whole entire season without giving it to him, and then gave it like a lifetime achievement. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, like that's a good idea. So I, I let's go with that. I will never to make it a little difficult. A personal myself. challenge: Can you not give him the MCID double T? MCITW. MCITW. once this whole time. Challenge on. Challenge on. So this week, as I accept this challenge and I try and avoid giving him anything but the Lifetime Achievement MCITW, and I give the one week episode two and three MCITW two this week, the MCITW, that is the Merce Cooper is the worst of the week, brought to you by our fine, fine, fine sponsors from Wickleware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at Wickleware.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. VL swag. We got them. 30 bucks. Get your shirts. Kids. This week, MCITW goes to fucking Lucas's mom, dude. She gets it. Lay it out. Lay out your case. My biggest pet peeve so far in this entire show is Lucas's mom and just how bad of a fucking mom she is. Yeah, she's not the best. I, I think she becomes... She's, she's, let's say she's hit or miss. <laughs> I, 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 the only thing I wrote down here, honestly, I didn't even have any specific uh, examples other than me just writing Lucas's mom, Big L, <laughs> this week. Um, because I, the things that jump to my head are like, so Lucas, who's avoided playing on the basketball team, he goes and does and like has his first basketball game of like all time and everyone in the town is like throwing tomatoes and lettuce at him from the stands because he's a bastard child he has no one in his corner no one like everyone is shitting on him and then he's got all this emotional baggage with his fake dad dan scott who's like saying like have a good game son and like trying to get in his fucking head and um the mom just decides, like, I'm not going to go be the one person in my son's corner at his basketball game. And I'm going to make him just go as a 16-year-old and deal with this shit alone. Whole town's against him. <laughs> and we finally figured out what it was. Like, they did a, they did a whole scene, um, I think. So, like, at first we were like, does Lucas's mom just hate organized sports? What's her deal? And then it's like, does she hate this school? Like, does she not want to support this school? And then we find out that yeah. it's the physical gym building that she does not like. It was such a weak excuse. That's why she didn't go, because that was the last time, I guess, she got officially dumped by Dan Scott. Yeah, she's... Lucas's dad. Here's the thing. And he chose basketball over her. 
So she can't physically enter that building anymore. If you have PTSD for some fucked up shit that happened to you in high school, you can't take it out on your kids. Yeah. I mean, get over that shit, lady. Be stronger for your son, Lucas's mom. Lucas's mom. You are a single parent. You, this is like your pride and joy. You're everything. He is like her whole life. Besides her cafe. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to that in a second. I got thought on that. Um, this is your whole life and you're not going to support him in his first fucking ever basketball game. And then he's got to come home. And not only does he have to talk about that, uh, him sucking in the game, but like all this bullying that's happening to him too. And she's just like, hey, you can handle it. Be nice to have a mom for all that, you know? I know, man. Uh, oh, I will man. say silver lining for Lucas's mom getting dumped at that gym by Scott. Yeah. Dodged a bullet. 30 years ago in high school? She dodged a bullet. <laughs> she did dodge a bullet. It's like, I don't know why she's so broken up about it, because clearly he's the worst. Well, and she's got this Keith guy, like, hanging on. It's like, clearly Keith, like, wants to fuck. I don't know why you guys aren't married. Yeah. Her and Keith need to... I, I've wrote, I wrote that note down, like, five times. Anytime Keith comes on the screen, I'm just like, I don't understand why these two aren't together and hooking up. Yeah. Keith... Get in, mix, style. get in the mix, dude. What are you doing? I mean, what? how bad is Keith's game? Like, how hard is he in the fucking friend zone that, like, he hangs out with this lady, like, every single well, night? Well, I guess, technically, he's Scott's brother, right? Yeah. Her high school ex-boyfriend? Yeah. So, taboo through the roof. I mean, true. wake me up when there isn't taboo. True. Like, that just makes me want to really hook up with her. Anyways, fucking Lucas's mom letting us down. So, with that... Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wickover. Fuck you, Lucas's mom. Sucking dick. Not literally. <laughs> um, let's, the, uh, so Karen's Cafe, the only thing I wanted to say about that, I had a feeling when I was seeing Karen's Cafe of a miss on the levels of like Central Perk and Friends or like the... Um, the place ah. in Seinfeld that they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. or like the the lounge in um, college years of shit. Saved by the Bell. I'm thinking of the show with Eric Matthews. Oh, Boy Meets World. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm right with you. Like, could yeah. be a prime hang spot. No, I'm I'm saying so. Yeah, prime hang spot miss. But I'm saying a miss in the regard of like. Um, product placement or like advertising I've always heard that like how big of a miss it was on friends that became so huge that they were at this no name generic place called Central Perk instead of just like at a Starbucks like imagine how much money Starbucks would have paid I mean a lot but I think I think the part of the charm was that they're hanging out at Central Perk I know but dude specifically from like a wb perspective this is not nbc this is not abc this is not cbs this is not fox dude wb i believe went out of business like they you thinking they could have saved the wb if she was if she ran a starbucks franchise all i'm saying is maybe the cw never fucking happens if instead of karen's cafe it's starbucks cafe Okay. Maybe if the WB with their shows was inserting a little more fucking advertising and product placement, they would have saved themselves. <laughs> that's all. That's all. 
Lucas, you're on the team now. Here's your Nike jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, come on. Where are we at? Um, okay. Like, hey, can you hand me my Jansport? I need to go to class. <laughs> I like this. What? I would oh. never wear a Jansport. You know I only wear an L.L. Bean with my initials on it. I do like that version of the show. <laughs> it's just totally a sold out version of, <laughs> of like low, like little town, Tree Hill Town, uh, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, real quick, we do we keep touching on. I know he's not going to get the MCITW, but we got to keep talking about how big of a dick Dan is. There's this scene that he is a caricature of a human being. It's it's relentless. It's nonstop. <laughs> And there's a scene that I found so funny where he's telling a story to Nathan about his high school playing days. Do you remember this? No. They're kind of laying the groundwork for uh, Dan Scott and the coach to have beef. Yeah. And he tells this inspiring story about how when they're in the state championship game, the coach... I guess had a disagreement with him or like he took a shot when he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And so the coach told him like, you can't take that shot or whatever. And so he benched himself. He sat out the rest of the game and let his team lose state. (laughs) (laughs) And he's, he like told this story beaming with pride, telling the story to Nathan. There was no lesson. No, (laughs) there was no lesson at all. It was just like, yeah, I pulled myself from the game. We lost state. Coach knew. I was the one. I was the good one. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It was just a classic moment of like, again, half the time the writing on this show, I- I'm just confused. Like, uh, Mark Schwann, have you ever watched a basketball game or played in, in any athletic sporting event in your entire fucking life? Because that is not how you would explain that. Like that is not. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna describe, I get what they what they were trying to do is they were trying to show that Dan had, who also played for this same high school basketball coach, had beef with the coach, and now Nathan has beef, and Dan, who's the evil guy, is explaining how he handled the beef, which was the wrong way to handle it. But why have that be the example, Mark Schwann, that you're going to write into this fucking story? That, like, the big high school hotshot basketball player, just the way he's going to shove it to the coach is that in the ch- in the fucking state championship game, he's just going to go, Hey, coach, you yelled at me for taking a bad shot? You know what? Oh, fuck you, coach. <laughs> I'm hey, out. all my bros. Hey, guys. Good luck. Hey, team, I'm out. I'm out. So enjoy second place finish because clearly I have zero pride or dick. You know what? See ya. Nathan, my legacy is losing state for the team. Being a quitter. So that's what I want you to do. It, it, I just thought was that was weird. a no, it was totally an, an weird. awesome scene. Bad and writing. Super weird. I don't even put that on Dan Scott, dude. I put that on the writing. It's fucking horrendous. <laughs> um, okay, let's... um. Let's end episode two with uh, a song, because I love this fucking song, dude. Let's do it. Pepper time. Echo, echo. We come and we go. No, I don't want to be just 
Vertical Horizon? Echo. God, I love Vertical Horizon. I, I, I had a Do lot they do, of uh, You're God and Do they do that song? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, they do. No, they do. I thought you were going to come in with me on that. No, I left me hanging. I, all I was thinking when you were doing that is how bad it's going to sound when you're singing a different song while this song is playing in the background. Oh, you guys love those songs. <laughs> but anyways, um, <laughs> Echo by Ver- Vertical Horizon. Um, yes, they do sing that song that you said. And honestly, I just think of college when I hear this song because I have so many Vertical Horizon songs on my phone and it's just are they a great, Christian are they back. a Christian rock band? I don't know. We should look into that. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, I don't know. But when they're playing this song it's it's that thing that we love, dude. It's that montage of five different things are happening. When they're playing this song you got Nathan is just bench pressing by himself. Mm-hmm. Then he stops bench pressing, looks straight ahead, and you're just like, I know what he's thinking about. He's thinking about shit with his dad. He's thinking about like all that his dad just being a psychotic psychopath. Then you got like Lucas who's like brooding per usual, smolder brooding. And then you got the biggest thing that was happening was Peyton, who was this is when she was ripping down all of her artwork in her room. So you got all these different things of you got like a smolder brood, you got someone really extremely pissed, and then you got someone who's like angsty all happening with this one song and by the way can we just say that Peyton again remove all hyperbole here has more teenage angst than any teenager we've ever seen yeah um her angst is at a a 13 out of 7 every single time it's on the screen like it is wild to see she makes Marissa Cooper look cheerful <laughs> yeah like it's just what do you think that is? Hormones? Maybe a little bit of high school hormones at play. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Um, I do. I will say, um, and I don't know if you were going to talk about this, but you mentioned her like ripping her art off against the wall. Yeah. Uh, I think this like that like little moment in her conversation with Lucas about why she doesn't want to turn her journal into this magazine is kind of the at the center of why those two smolder so hot together. Oh, yeah. Because they got the same thing going on. I think she explains it. And this actually, I, it was kind of cheesy and over the top, but it made total sense. She doesn't want to submit her artwork to this magazine to Hut. be published. Hut. Yes. <laughs> because she thinks in her mind, like, this is her favorite thing to do. And she doesn't want to take a chance because the downside of, like, her getting rejected is now that favorite thing to do is like sullied and ruined. Similar to Lucas with basketball, where we know he's a street baller. Yeah. He doesn't want to take a chance and play on an actual team. Right. Because if somehow that get, gets messed up or if he's not good enough to be on an actual team, then his like little secret thing of love and basketball is just over. So I think that's why they, the sparks are flying so hard. And they come to each other with like advice and listen to each other's advice. No, even though totally. they always just treat each other like shit. No, I think it again. I think to get deep, we've understood that why she treats him like shit is because she's a little ashamed and embarrassed that she actually likes him while she's dating someone else. Right. However, 
I think the inevitable connect that you're talking about is because it is starting to really come to the forefront that they are meant to be together. Because she does have all that going on, he's got all that coming on, and it's just like a fucking intersect of exactly who they are. And guess who doesn't operate that way? Nathan. Her boyfriend. Not at all. He doesn't operate at all. No. Um, We've realized, and we'll get to this in episode three, where Nathan starts to get some layers, and because I, I, I do want to dive into that. But up to this point, episodes one and two, Nathan has no layers. It's literally, he's a star basketball player, and he's got shit with his dad. Oh, they do they layer him up? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll have patience with him because he's starting to frustrate me on how, I like, how one note he is. I saw, so my, I remember feelings I had about this show. I don't remember all the specific scenes like I do with the OC. And my feeling and takeaway after watching six seasons of this show a decade ago is I like Nathan. Okay. So... In that way, I think there's got to be ways that they layer him up and he's a good character. But right now, it's still tough because he's kind of like the antagonist a little bit. But the other thing I want to say to your point is I totally can kind of side with what Peyton and Lucas were going through, her with her artwork and him with basketball, solely in the sense of like, yeah, why have it ruined? Yeah. I remember one of our friends um, worked for the Bengals and remember we would go to Bengals games and like see him working at the games like trying to sell and all this stuff like ticket packages and stuff and it just kind of was sad because it's like damn he would he doesn't get to watch the Bengals and and hang out yeah just because you work for the Bengals it's not all sweet and like you're like fucking you know it's not Carson Palmer's throwing you deep balls. No, it's your, I mean, that would be sweet if you worked for the Bengals and you were on the team. Yeah, but it's not all those other jobs are not. So I just remember thinking like, it's good. I get to keep work where it should be, which is I fucking am miserable all the time because I'm at work, Mm -hmm. regardless of the company I work for. And then when work ends five o'clock, that's when the passion turns on five o'clock on is when the passion fucking kicks in. So, I kind of agree with Peyton in that sense of like, let's keep the passion where it is. I want to keep this a passion. In front of my webcam. In front of my webcam. I don't want to go to HUD and sell all my artwork to them because now it becomes work and it's no longer passion. Yeah, I, th- I, uh, I kind of enjoyed that scene. And um, I think one of the big takeaways from the pilot and this is something that jumped out at us and was just so confusing. So I, they probably got some notes or watched the pilot and were like, all right, we got to figure this out. They did a lot of pipe laying and exposition as to why Lucas was not on the basketball team. Yeah. I feel like they spent a ton of time in these first couple episodes doing yeah. that. Yeah. And we found out that it was like a combination of his mom and then also he didn't want to be like Scott, I Damn. guess. Dan, Dan Scott. Yeah. 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 He didn't want to be like his fake dad. Right. Um, who was a basketball player. So he's just like, he rejected that life, which I guess I can kind of wrap my head around kind of, but still it's loose. It's loose. Yeah. Him, but, him not joining the basketball team is loose. Well, let's that. just say this. It, it still is not clicking or making sense as to if he just, he doesn't want to be like his shit fake dad. So like, wouldn't he just zag and play football or not sports at all? Yeah. Like, there's a real easy answer right there. Just no basketball. Right. But... Anyways, anyways. we could go on forever. Yeah, we I, yeah. we went way too long on that. Um, I just want to say here, 
Best editing so far of the 2019 version of 2003's One Tree Hill Season 1. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, is this clip. It's time to focus now, Nathan. Put everything out of your mind that bothers you. I don't want you thinking about Whitey, and I don't want you thinking about your teammates. You let them think about you, son. The other team's thinking about you, and they're scared. I'll see you at the game. I'll see you at the game. So, I want to give that the award for best editing thus far after just two episodes. <laughs> because hey. I love that shot. I mean, This is what we were talking about. The difference between One Tree Hill has the Friday Night Lights elements where it's got these scenes, these these cinematography moments and editing moments where you go, damn, that was edited really well, like fucking perfect. And then it's got the OC on the flip side where it's got some of these lines where you're just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> So this is in the category of the Friday Night Lights, the FNL awesome cinematography editing moments where in that scene that we just played, it's Nathan's like in the foreground and it's like the camera is focused on him. And then in the background, you have his dad who's kind of like giving him his bullshit, you know, relentless fucking pregame pep talk, pregame vicariously living through you son advice. And I just love how they edit it because they play that song that's happening. And while they're playing that, they're kind of muffling Dan's voice in the background. And it's to show that while he's giving all this advice to him, to Nathan, Nathan's not really hearing it. Like it's starting to fall on deaf ears, all of this shit that his dad's doing. And I just love that they showed it that way by if you muffle the voice in the background, it shows that it's like in one ear and out the other. I and like, I just love that style. Yeah, that was a sweet shot. That's probably the only way you could handle that, Dad. Yeah, you just don't listen to anything he says. Yeah. So, and the, the, the other thing with that that I wanted to ask you about is um, this show's very soap opera-y. Yeah. And... You mentioned the the background music that they're always playing. Can we say that this, of the five TV shows that we've done on the VL podcast, that this is the most soap opera-y? Yeah, I, that's a perfect word for it. Because I was trying to, I think what I said is it feels like a episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, where there's like right. super cheeseball like music just in the bed, like when either a character's walking or two characters are talking that you kind of don't really even notice until you start paying attention to it. And it's just like Muzak. It's not, yeah, it's not like a song. It's no, just it's just like, like, these like little, tones. yeah. And it's like, why is that there? Is that adding anything or is it just. It kind of adds, I don't know. Like, I, I, go, I would like to see it without it just to compare. I think it's something that they, they stop doing. It's almost like an apology. It's almost like an apology. Like, if you make a really good dessert, like, you don't really need to load it with sugar. But well, if you, if you like make a shit apple pie, if you just pour enough sugar into it, it's going to like, oh, yeah, this tastes good. So I feel like like The Office, yeah. the show, it's, the, yeah. it's so perfectly done that like they have these really long extended silences and they just kind of work. 
I, that's a that's a great point because so that that's the comedy version and this is the drama version. Yeah, so it's like if you if you're really confident about like your writing and the way things are shot and like different moments and timing, like you don't need this weird stilted music. You can have your intentional like songs playing or like a score like Friday Night Lights does, but this almost does like the like the weird Seinfeld thing where there's like that goofy music playing. Well, that, like, yeah, like did it doom, and it's also like a laugh track also. Like, it's exactly like a laugh you track. It's perfect. It's a laugh track for comedies where I think this is a very early 2000s trope where now you're seeing like Netflix shows and everything that comes out. You don't need it. If your show is really good, yeah. you can get the same jokes across in a comedy without a laugh track. The audience doesn't need to be told, oh, I'm supposed to laugh here. In drama shows, the audience doesn't need to go, oh, I need to feel some emotion here. Yeah, it's You'll like feel it. the uh, example we played last time when you put the sting in when Lucas saw his dad right. and they made eye contact like. We should know, like, all right, these guys don't like each other. We don't need the get hit over the head with the, like, super soaking, dramatic, like, intense music to be like, oh, they really don't like each other. It's like the same in a horror movie. Like, when somebody's going around the, the corner and the music is the cue to let you know they're about to get fucking murked. It's a, it's a little gratuitous. It's a little, yeah. It's a little gratuitous, so I think that does dial down as we move forward, but it's also just the nature of the beast. That was what was happening in 2003 with TV shows. So, like I said, I feel the same way when I go back and watch Friends. Honestly, I know everyone loves Friends, and this is, you know, sacrilegious to say this statement, but now I cannot go back and watch Friends. Because of Laugh Track? Yeah, it's, it's relentless. It's like... But um, boom, laugh track. But um, boom, every single line is is followed by a laugh track, and I I don't like it because it seems like it dumbs down the to the audience. Yeah, like I'll laugh when I think something is funny. I don't need you to tell me when to laugh with the track. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, great editing though. To just go back to that clip, great editing. Honestly, we don't. Th- there was we don't have much from episode three. There was one final thing, and again, back to episode, this is still in episode two, a massive fuck you to Dan Scott with Lucas at the end. Mm-hmm. With the jersey. Um. So Lucas does, at the very, yeah, very end of episode two, he comes back on the team after skipping practice all week. Mm-hmm. And he's decided like, all right, I'm a Raven, dude. Got my jersey. I'm on the team. Tree Hill, Raven. And we don't see this. It happens off camera. But he takes his name off the back of the jersey where it says Dan Scott's last name. Scott. On Scott. The jersey. <laughs> and he just replaces it with a blank one. And so, a black. A, just yeah, a just black a black bar. strip. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the last shot in that scene is him walking on the court, makes smoldering eye contact with Dan, and then turns around and it's just blank. And then he's like, oh. Fuck you. Damn, he got me. Fuck you, fake dad. The bastard is making a statement. Yeah. And then he makes it. Then he has a really good game. Yeah. Which we don't see until episode three, right? Right. But. He hits the game winner. He's back. Bef- big man on campus. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He finally. So he gets. 
that was the whole point was for them to say like Dan's been in his head and this is like him taking it back to Dan and saying hey guess what bitch you're not in my fucking head idiot and I take you out of my life and now I'm balling suck my dick dad yeah he's like Lucas Snow totally totally Lucas Snow Game of Thrones reference the the you know I just gotta say, <laughs> right there, I just provided a laugh track to your obvious statement. Appreciate it, kids. Appreciate Pat, you having my back, kids. When Pat says, uh, "Lucas Snow," that that laugh track was me explaining it's from Game of Thrones. Um, the the only thing I want to say about that, dude, he was doing the Colin Kaepernick statement wise mm-hmm. before Colin Kaepernick was doing statements. That's Lucas true. Scott. That's true. Now, his statement wasn't a big, you know, big political thing about like black oppression. Mm-hmm. It was more just about like a fuck you dad in this small it's town. It's like a personal one. <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a societal like fuck you. It was more of just like a personal like fuck you fake dad. But I still wrote that note down. <laughs> okay, episode three. Um, are you true? I, I only have one note from this whole episode because there was so much shit in episode two. So, do you have anything glaring you want to get to in episode I have, three? I have nothing big, really. Okay, you want me to just get to my one? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think the biggest, the only takeaway, honestly, is we are in this uh, episode three refractory period that we were in after after two, is um, Nathan and Haley. Yeah, well, something's happening. Mm-hmm. A little percolation. Yeah, I would say there's two kind of main things with this episode. The bullying of... Yes. The bullying of Lucas by Nathan and his cronies on the basketball team has really heated up. And then Nathan is, I guess, getting tutored by Haley. And and we kind of, as the audience, know that there's a pretty good chance he's just doing it to fuck with Lucas. Yeah, I think at one point... And Haley's going to get caught in the crossfires. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she's an innocent bystander who's going to get fucking just, like, trapped. I I feel like I remember Nathan making a comment where he said, like, look, if all, when he's talking to his bros, he's like, look, if all this fails, all this bullying shit that they're doing, and I'll just list them quickly, they steal his clothes when he's showering, Mm -hmm. they piss in his locker, Yep. it's either piss or water, we just assumed it was piss. It's got to be pee-pee. Is a little pee Um, they they ruin the entire fucking river court, vandalize the river court that he plays at, his sanctuary. Yeah, probably more of a crime than bullying. Yeah, I think that was just crime. And then um, they kidnap him. <laughs> Another crime. Another crime. They do force him into a Dodge Grand Caravan, drop Dodge him Grand. in a swamp, and they yeah they throw him into the mud and then just let him have him like walk like ten miles back home. And so those are all the bullying things that they're doing. But Nathan says to his boys, he's like, look, if all this shit fails on get on Lucas quitting the team, I got a little plan B planned. Yeah. Well, plan B. And that plan B is I'm going to fucking work in on this girl. Mm-hmm. In this, it's not a sexual girl. It's his best friend, Haley. Yeah. Which quick thing. I just com- constantly confused how 
Haley and Lucas have never hooked up. Doesn't make sense. If you have someone who is that attractive, aka Haley, and you have someone that that is that is that attractive, aka Lucas, you guys are touching privates. What makes less sense that they're not touching privates, or that he wasn't on the basketball team? <laughs> I don't know. Like both of them make so little sense. Like in any world that is correct in this world, Lucas is playing baseball on the team uh-huh. varsity. Yeah. And he's touching privates with fucking Haley. At least once. Experiment? You're not even going to experiment with the hot fucking girl who's like your best friend at 16 and a half when the hormones are at a fucking 10 out of 10? I don't know. I mean, I know you. All the best friend girls that you had growing up, you were hooking up with them. Definitely. Yeah. So anyways, the Nathan Haley stuff is huge. It's huge. So keep your eyes on this, kids. Oh, I got it. It's fucking big. Anyways, what Nathan does, his plan B is he goes, I'm going to get in tight with his girl and I'm going to like get F's on tests and stuff because Haley's a tutor. And he's like, I'm going to get her to tutor me. And you can already tell in episode three that like there's some stuff percolating. Mm -hmm. I think you noticed he gave her a bracelet from a Cracker Jack box. From a Cracker Jack box and she did not take it off. She kept it on at the carnival. And Lucas was like, what's that? And she's like, oh, nothing. And then we were both like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is it on? Mm-hmm. Maybe on mm-hmm. with these two. Anyways, keep your eye on that, kids, because the Nathan-Haley drama will become a serious factor. Okay. Only thing I have left is an MVP. You want it? Yeah. You want this MVP? Yeah, I want it. Giving the MVP of this episode to a Jake Jakowski. (laughs) Oh, Jake. Yeah. Jake Jakowski, getting it. If you ever ever seen the show How to Make It in America, which I think ran for a season, maybe two on HBO. Right. Do you remember the show at all? I never watched it, but I was very aware that it existed. It's like these guys trying to sell jeans. (laughs) <laughs> yeah like in new york or something. yeah they're like in yeah. new york and they just wanted to sell jeans yeah. and nobody would let them sell jeans and they just all they wanted to do is sell jeans and they, they sold just them anyways tried to sell <laughs> jeans every day it was just a jean show on hbo anyways the main character from that show plays jake jakowski who is like this sage mentor seemingly upperclassman on the basketball team who's just kind of above the fray well and he's he's kind of He's Lucas's only ally yeah. on the team because what we've realized in watching this show is that Lucas only has loser bitch friends. Mm-hmm. And Jake Joukowsky is like the only guy on the basketball team who isn't with Nathan, one of Nathan's like cronies. Yeah, But he's does... still a, Joukowsky's a made man. Oh, dude, he's starting power forward. Yeah, He's the foreman on the fucking team. So he's a big deal. So it's a big deal for Lucas to get an ally and someone who's a starter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he they're starting to pepper him in a lot where they they keep bringing him around to like always take like it, there's always these scenes where like he shows up and he's like after Lucas gets bullied for like the 13th time. Yeah, he never really stands up for him. No, never stands up for him or says anything to Nathan. Like he did that one time. That's when he's like, shut up, Joukowsky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of like loosely like said, "Hey man, this, is, this isn't cool." And then everyone's like, "Jakowski, shut up, bitch." 
and then he stopped. But for the most part, Joukowsky just kind of like he lets Lucas get bullied like crazy, and then he'll just show up afterward and be like, "Hey, Lucas, man, stick with it, dude." Hey, dude, Lucas, best thing you can do is just let it go. Don't fight it, man. I know everything Lucas inside of you is saying, fight it, man. But don't take the high road. Tukowski's a good egg, and he's my MVP. Damn, dude. So fucking unheralded heroes this week. Uh, the MCITW goes to Lucas's mom, <laughs> and the MVP goes to Jake Tukowski, who's gotten probably a total combined total screen time of under four and a half minutes over three episodes <laughs> all right that's it for us so kids sleep tight you tuck on in that's it for us tonight next week we'll gear up with uh episodes four and five so watch them kids watch them kids next week before we do the pod but tonight you tuck in you sleep tight sleep real tight kids and pat Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.